Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We podcast a Bible study on Sunday mornings for those who want to be in God's Word, want to learn more from, from what the Bible really teaches, but they cannot be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Now, if you happen to be in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and check us out in person, study God's Word with us, worship with us, grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street. Now, Bible classes begin at 9.30 on Sunday morning, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, we come back together for another period of worship and Bible study at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening. Wednesday evenings, middle of the week, each Wednesday evening, 6.30, we come back together for midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services. Now, we know, though, that many people who want to be in God's Word, who want to learn more, they cannot be with us in person, even some within the city of Omaha and that surrounding area because of different difficulties they have. Maybe they have physical or health problems, or maybe they have work schedules that contradict the times that we're coming together to meet, whatever the case might be. But also people across the country and literally around the world who want to learn from God's word, well, they can't be with us in person because of where they live. So we're thankful to have the ability and the opportunity and the means to teach God's word on such a widespread basis, wherever the internet is available through these podcasts. We're thankful that you're there, that you want to learn, and that we're here and that we're able to help you learn more fully from God's Word. We're thankful for that. Now, we encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. You may help somebody grow in their faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, by getting them into these studies. So help, help people who you know, people in your life, to grow in their faith in God and in Jesus. Also, Tell them to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It's free. It always will be free. And when they do that, they will automatically receive to their smartphone or computer or whatever smart device they choose our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a Monday through Friday daily radio program called Search the Scriptures, and a short Bible study every single day that we call today's Bible class. Now, that's only about 13 or 14 minutes long, usually, but it's every single day keeping us in God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong in our faith. So tell everybody you can, and take advantage of it yourself. Today, we're going to finish up our study from the book of Judges. Now, we've come a long way through the opening and really going beyond the opening books of the Old Testament. We've studied our way through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, and here we are at chapter 21, the last chapter in the book of Judges. Now, this is, we might say, the early history of the nation of Israel. Now, of course, when you go back into Genesis, you start with the creation in Genesis chapter 1, and that's followed in Genesis chapter 2. And then you see in Genesis chapter 3, that first man and woman, they 
they mess up, they sin, and everything changes that day. And actually, in that particular chapter, Genesis 3 and verse 15, we see the first of what we call the messianic prophecies. God is prophesying in verse 15 that he's going to send his son as the Savior. Now, he uses language there that a lot of people would read over and, and, and say, well, I didn't get that. But he's, he's speaking directly to the devil in the form of that serpent. And he talks about how he, he, the seed from the seed of woman, and Jesus would be born from the seed of Mary, a literal physical woman, but of course, not through the seed of a physical man, but through the Holy Spirit, she would bear that child, that Christ child, Jesus, into this world. And so God is prophesying there to the devil himself, and of course, I'm, I'm sure uh, Adam and Eve were there and could could listen too. And he says, you know, her seed, you're going to bruise his, his heel, but he's going to bruise your head. He's going to give you the death blow, the crushing death blow. And so then we see mankind start to develop and grow and Ultimately, wickedness prevails. Genesis chapter 5, we see God step into the picture and say, mankind has become so wicked, so evil, so sinful, so corrupt that I'm going to start over. He finds, he, he knows one man, Noah, who is righteous before God. And so through Noah and his family, God spares mankind, but he wipes the earth clean of humanity through a worldwide flood having Noah, saving Noah through an ark that he instructs him how to build in preparation for that flood. And so God begins again, and then we come to Genesis chapter 12, and God starts to establish, set aside the bloodline through which the Savior would come into the world. And that bloodline ultimately would develop from the man Abraham all the way into the nation of Israel. And the Israelites were descendants of Abraham by, through his bloodline. And Jesus would be born of the nation of Israel physically, but he'd bring the message of forgiveness and redemption and salvation from God himself, from heaven, the throne room in heaven. Well, and so as we come through picking up with Genesis chapter 12, and then we, we start to see the, the, the bloodline of Abraham develop, and ultimately in the book of Exodus, it becomes the mighty populace that would become the nation of Israel, and then we see that development, and then we get into Judges, and or Joshua, and then Judges, and we've got a nation there by this time. And we, as we come to the end of Judges, we see that that nation, that bloodline of Abraham, that bloodline that, that has become the nation of Israel through which Jesus would be born into this world, yeah, they're really struggling with their faithfulness to God. And we might even say their faith in God. And so they're kind of wishy-washy going back and forth between worshiping God and worshiping idols. In fact, in a lot of cases, they would try to blend together the worship of idols and the worship of God, and that was absolutely contradictory to the uh, the original Ten Commandments, the first of the Ten Commandments. 
you. God said you don't make any other images. You don't bow down to them. You don't worship them. Uh, I am your God. And, and so they're violating that, but, but there's humanity again, wishy-washy, back and forth, up and down. Now we come to chapter 21, and where we left off was a cataclysmic turning point, we might say, within the nation of Israel. You remember that there was, there was a Levite who was traveling, and his concubine had left him, run away. He goes and finds her. He's on his way bringing her back. He stops. He stops within one of the cities of the, of the tribe of Benjamin. And remember, when God gave the promised land, which would be the nation of Israel geographically, to the Israelites, then he had them divided up into sections, and each section would be an inheritance for a particular tribe within the nation. And so Benjamin, this Levite, he's coming along with a servant, and he also has this concubine with him. And so he pulls into one night, he pulls into a city within the tribe of Benjamin, within that section of the nation. And so we read how the men of that city, they wanted to take this Levite and they wanted to abuse him sexually. Now, we, we understand what that is. We call that homosexuality today. Well, they wanted to abuse him. And ultimately, and, and this, this really, you know, is difficult for us to fully fathom as, as to the, how women were not respected in the way that we expect them to be respected today. But it's still that way to some degree in some countries in the world. But in our country, we, we, ha- we hold women up high in our, in our, in our esteem for them. We, we want them to be treated equally with, with men. But ultimately, his concubine was given to the men, and they abused her all night. And basically, what we understand is they raped her to death. And so he took her body back home, finished his trip back home, and then he cut her in 12 pieces and sent those pieces of her body throughout all the tribes of Israel. And with the story of what had happened. And so the men of Israel, other than the tribe of Benjamin, they came together and they recognized that this was a horrible, wicked act that these men within that one city of Benjamin had, had, had done. They perpetrated upon this woman. And so they called for the men of Benjamin to give those men to them for judgment so that they could be judged and put to death. But the men of Benjamin as a whole refused. In fact, they came to, 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 the, to the protection of the men of that city. Now, again, we might wonder, why in the world would they do that? Unless perhaps they had become corrupt along those lines themselves, or maybe just corrupt from a sexually immoral perspective, generally speaking. Well, so the men of, it, the, men of the rest of the tribes of Israel, they gathered together to form a massive army to go against the men of Benjamin. 
Now, the men of Benjamin were vastly outnumbered, but they were apparently mighty warriors, and so they held their own for a period of time. But, of course, by attrition, they would gradually be beaten down, worn down, and their numbers would decrease. But before that happened just by attrition, the rest of the Israelite men, they formed a plan to kind of draw them away from the city and then behind their backs go in and burn the city, and that would cut off their their way of retreat. Well, it worked. But what they did then was that it, it became kind of a running battle as we studied, and they continued to follow the retreating army of the tribe of Benjamin and beat them down and keep killing them. Their numbers continued to decrease. And by the end of chapter 20, verse 47, the men of Benjamin were down to 600 men. 600 men turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Rimon, and they stayed at the rock of Rimon for four months. And the men of Israel turned back against the children of Benjamin and struck them down with the edge of the sword from every city, men and beasts, all who were found. They also set fire to all the cities they came to, all the cities of Benjamin. They were basically cleansing the land of these Benjamites, Benjaminites. They were cleansing the land of them. They were wiping them out. Now, what we need to understand is it wasn't just the men of Benjamin. They were destroying all of the people of Benjamin, including the women, including the children. And, and notice it also says even the beasts. So, you know, whatever cattle or flocks or herds they were raising, they were wiping them out. They were burning down all of the cities. And so the men of Benjamin are down to 600 men. Now, this is... This is at least from this point, I'm not sure we should understand that they were the smallest tribe all of the time, but from this point forward, they're the smallest tribe of Israel, and they're almost wiped out. They're down to 600 men. Now, we pick up with verse with chapter 21. Now, the men of Israel had sworn an oath at Mizpah, saying, none of us shall give his daughter to Benjamin as a wife. So they had made this oath, basically, they were wiping out the tribe of Benjamin. And apparently, they had pretty much wiped out all of the women by this time. And there were 600 Benjamin men left. And, and they said, you know, none of us will give his daughter to Benjamin to a, as a wife. Then the people came up to the house of God and remained there before God till evening. They lifted up their voices and wept bitterly and said, O Lord God of Israel, why has this come to pass in Israel? that today there should be one tribe missing in Israel. Now, they recognized what was going to happen if there was not some kind of change. They recognized the tribe of Benjamin was going to be wiped out. And so they're, they're taking this before the Lord. Now, did they, did they find justice in what they were doing? Obviously, they did. But they're also finding grief because the Benjaminite, the people of Benjamin, are their brothers and sisters. They're Israelites. 
So it was in the next morning that the people rose early and built an altar there and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So they're worshiping God. The children of Israel said, who is there among all the tribes of Israel who did not come up with the assembly to the Lord? For they had made a great oath concerning anyone who had not come up to the Lord at Mizpah, saying, he shall surely be put to death. And the children of Israel grieved for Benjamin, their brother, and said, one tribe is cut off from Israel today. I mean, it was at the, they were down to 600 men. They were on the verge of extinction at the hands of their fellow brothers, Israelites. What shall we do for wives for those who remain, seeing we have sworn by the Lord that we will not give them our daughters as wives? So they're not going to go back on this oath. What shall we do? They want to they want to save a remnant of, of Benjamin so that it won't be completely wiped out. And they said, what one is there from the tribes of Israel who did not come up to Mizpah to the Lord? And in fact, no one had come up to the camp from Jabesh Gilead to the assembly. For when the people, for when the people were counted, indeed, not one of the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead was there. So the congregation sent out there 12,000 of their most valiant men and commanded them, saying, Go and strike the the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead with the edge of the sword, including the women and children. And this is the thing that you shall do. You shall utterly destroy every male and every woman who has known a man intimately. And so all who had been married, all who had had sexual relationships, you know, they say, this is your charge. You're going to kill all of them, execute every one of them. So they found among the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead 400 young virgins who had not known a man intimately. And they brought them to the camp at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. So four from this, this one area, Jabesh Gilead, they find 400 young virgin women who had never been married, and they spare them and they bring them to the camp. Then the whole congregation sent word to the children of Benjamin, who were at the rock of Ramon, and announced peace to them. They said, okay, we're ready to stop the war. We don't want to wipe you out. We don't want there to be no, ben- no tribe of Benjamin. So Benjamin came back at that time, and they gave them the women whom they had saved alive of the women of Jabesh Gilead, and yet they had not found enough for them. So there were 600 Benjamite, Benjaminite men left alive, and now they've got 400 young virgin women who can become wives of 400 of those men from Benjamin. And the people grieved for Benjamin because the Lord had made a a void in the tribes of Israel. Then the elders of the congregation said, what shall we do for wives for those who remain since the women of Benjamin have been destroyed? You see, the women of Benjamin have been destroyed. And they said, there must be an inheritance for the survivors of Benjamin that a tribe may not be destroyed from Israel. 
However, we cannot give them wives from our daughters, for the children of Israel have sworn an oath, saying, Cursed be the man who gives a wife to be, uh, cursed be the one who gives a wife to Benjamin. So this oath they take very seriously. What can we do? We still need two hundred more young virgin women to become wives of the remaining men of Benjamin. Then they said, In fact, there is a yearly feast of the Lord in Shiloh, which is north of Bethel, on the east side of the highway, that goes up from Bethel to Shechem and south of Lebona. Therefore they instructed the children of Benjamin, saying, Go, lie and wait in the vineyards, and watch. And just when the daughters of Shiloh come out to perform their dances, then come out from the vineyards, and every man catch a wife for himself from the daughters of Shiloh. Then go to the land of Benjamin. Now, it's interesting. They're not going to give them their daughters themselves, but they, they work out a plan. You go basically kidnap these, these women at Shiloh. Then it shall be when their fathers or their brothers come to us to complain that we will say to them, be kind to them for our sakes, because we did not take a wife for any of them in the war. For it is not as though you have given the women to them at this time, making yourselves guilty of your oath. See, they're trying to work around this oath for this one particular area of Israel, women from Shiloh. They need 200 more wives for the men of Benjamin. So they says, so it's not like you're giving them the, your daughters, but here's this plan. They're going to kidnap them. Please, let them have your daughters. And the children of Benjamin did so. They took enough wives for their number from those who danced, whom they caught. Then they went and returned to their inheritance, and they rebuilt the cities and dwelt in them. So the children of Israel departed from there at that time, every man to his tribe and family. They went out from there, every man to his inheritance. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And when you think everyone did what was right in his own eyes, a lot of what they did was, was wrong because, again, it was common that they were mixing worship of idols with worship of God. But brings us to the end here of this civil war within the nation of Israel. And it's amazing that the tribe of Benjamin was almost completely annihilated. But then the rest of the Israelite men, they wept. They were mourning over the fact that this one tribe was just about to be completely eliminated. And so they sought ways to try to provide women for them, for the final, the, the, the remaining 600 men of Benjamin so that the tribe could be saved. And they worked that out. And Benjamin remained one of the tribes of Israel. But from that day forward, it was the smallest of all the tribes. Well, we'll probably pick up with the book of Ruth next. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us your word to instruct us, to enlighten us, to guide us in your will and in your wisdom. Please help us to be faithful students of your word, to put into practice accurately, obediently, faithfully your teachings from your word and help us to help others
come to understand it as their guidebook as well. And all to your glory, Father. Please be merciful, gracious, patient with us, we pray, Father, please. And please forgive us. Please hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.